Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices, Conversations on the Way. This is Pre-Associate Dan Masterton from Vocation Ministry, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, our guests are Viatorian Associates, Ken and Michelle Berry. This married couple has devoted 40 years and counting to work in youth ministry throughout Kankakee County, Illinois. Currently, they lead a multi-parish youth ministry called Hearts of Hope and serve as the leaders of the Office of Catholic Ministry for the Bishop McNamara Catholic Schools. For this episode, we honed in on their decades of work with the residents of Pembroke Township, a significantly impoverished area where they've been taking young people and local volunteer tradesmen to help develop their community over many, many years. To start, I asked Ken to talk about how Hearts of Hope started and talk us through how it grew to what it has become today. Enjoy the conversation. Okay, currently we have a multi-parish ministry with St. Patrick's in Kankakee, St. John Paul II in Kankakee, and St. Joseph Parish in Bradley, Illinois. That has evolved. Initially, we were St. Patrick Youth Ministers. That beginning happened back in 1982. Our parish was doing a Renew program, and uh, there was seven kids that either they signed up or their parents signed them up. Uh, high schoolers, and uh, I was asked to take that group. After our first six-week session, kids wanted to continue meeting, and that became youth group. So initially then, the St. Patrick's uh, Parish Youth Group, which combined later with St. Teresa Church, uh, which is now one of the churches combined into the new John Paul II. Probably at that merger, actually a little bit later, as we uh, St. Martin's of Tours uh, merged into us. Uh, at that time, uh, St. Patrick, St. Teresa, St. Martin's, the title of the youth group was getting too long. That's when <laughs> Hearts of Hope became uh, our official title. That led us into our ministry work out in Pembroke, which happened in 99, and maybe Michelle start sharing from that point. In 1999, Father Tony Tosqueda, who was the pastor of St. Teresa, who was one of our bosses, along with Richard Pagini, we were looking for summer mission, and when he was ordained a priest, that was his first assignment, was in Pembroke. And he had stayed connected out there ever since then. So he brought us out there. We met with, with the sisters that were out there, servants of the Holy Heart of Mary. And through them and the parish council, Bobby Hayes, some of the elders of the church, we decided on that summer to start our first mission in 1999. So when you first started going there, what are your first memories? What do you remember seeing in the community? What were what, what did things kind of look like when you were first getting to know the people in the area? Okay. On our initial trip out, the memory that still has stuck in my head, as we got out of the van, uh, we got on the uh, lane that was wrapped around the church, the roadway, and it was sand and a few stones and I'm thinking you know here's here's a church and uh, basically uh, you know there, there's no uh, drive and I'm thinking of uh, even at that time Kankakee had asphalted their alleys so I'm thinking no we need something here and uh, from that a, a couple requests were made and uh, some parent uh, rallied around it and uh I remember there was 105 tons of stone that was brought out for our initial project out there. And the tractors and loaders just spread it around. And uh, 
and we, the kids yeah. with rakes. <laughs> so uh, that's when uh, I felt, you know, this this isn't right. And then I saw the power and uh, uh, of the Lord, and uh, it just really, uh, sh- uh, you know, the Lord showed me, hey, you're here. I want you here. It's led to uh, that ministry, which is still going uh, with them. Uh, you know, here it's 2022, and we had that start in uh, 1999. So over the course of your trips, regular trips, what sorts of needs did you see in local community members? What sorts of projects were people requesting? What are the things that, you know, the extra hands and the extra funding and resources could bring in and help build for the people of this community? Uh, one of the biggest needs uh, out there that was uh, kid-friendly to do was uh, basic rehab and uh, the need for storage space. A lot of small houses, people pieced together their homes. Nobody had a closet. So it turned out we built, you know, the secure uh, backyard sheds, which, you know, facilitated the the tubs and the things that they could put their valuables in, basically. And that was some of the initial focus was providing that that storage needs. And also, uh, there was a a lot of things that needed uh, help in just basic plumbing and electrical. Well, we had the ability to make things uh, better and safer. They were. Uh, they had some situations that just weren't safe. They're were fortunate. To, uh, so those were immediately addressed. Our kids and our parishes really rallied uh, to the, uh, you know, what the kids were experiencing out there, and a lot of support. A lot of tradespeople jumped in with us, and uh, a lot of things were made better very quickly out there. So when you talk about the projects that are needed there. You mentioned truckloads of stone. We're not just talking about a paintbrush and a can of paint. These are larger projects. So what kind of community effort have you seen? What kind of response have you seen from groups who stepped forward to help provide resources or help with the manpower or the movement to get these things to this community and help improve some of their infrastructure and living situation? Not only uh, with our effort between uh, our parishes at that time, basically at the beginning was St. Patrick's and St. Teresa. Just a lot of the uh, tradespeople and their connections, their networking, just brought a lot of advice, a lot of you know monetary help, and there was a, a, a lot of fundraising. And uh, the Viatorians were, uh, from the get-go, big supporters. And uh, when we had that bigger project, I don't know uh, how he did it at the time, but Father Richard, we'd say, hey, we want to do this, and this is what it probably costs. And uh, that's that's all I had to say. It was taken care of. We had the funds to do things. And and later we became associates, and we kind of know where things come from a little bit now, <laughs> and uh, re- requesting grants and things. But, yeah, the Viatorians were just so key uh, in getting us established and, and helping us do those bigger things, meeting those bigger needs, and making things uh, safer and more comfortable and uh uh, in in a lot of those uh, situations out there, the lives that were being, uh, the struggle that was going out there, it eased uh, those situations. So what's it like for the young people who you bring who are maybe experiencing a community like this for the first time, who maybe underestimate or underappreciate the hardship that struggling communities are facing? What are their, some of their reactions or what is it like for them to meet and interact with local residents who are welcoming them in and and inviting their help. It's close to Kankakee, but it's miles and miles away from Kankakee. Um, When our kids go out there for our mission week, 
a lot of the times it's gotten better in the last couple of years, but before that, cell phones didn't work out there. So when they would go out for their mission week or even go out for a service Saturday, you know, they didn't bring their phones because they didn't work. They were totally out of their element. And to interact with the people that they were serving, they just saw the need and they connected on a spiritual level and on a basic needs level with these people. We never had any problems getting kids to go to serve because they stayed connected throughout the year. So there's certainly a work component to this. The kids are getting their hands dirty and getting involved in in substantial work. But then as a youth ministry, you're trying to form their hearts and minds as well. So what sorts of things do you do to help service learning happen for your young people? What kinds of like reflection processes or group things do you do to help them process what they're doing? When we have our mission week, they journal every night. So that was part of it, to journal on the day what projects they did. One of the things that grew out of our mission week was several years ago, they wanted to build a prison, a women's prison out in Pembroke, which would have been within a mile of Sacred Heart Parish. We actually brought kids there and some Viatorians and protested at the town hall meeting that it, w- it wasn't supported. So they got into the po- politics of it and realized that there's more than, you know, just carting a shovel, that there's more that they can do. Not only the work part, but also there'd be times uh, where we'd break away and we'd talk to the, the homeowner, the, mm-hmm. the seniors out there. Uh, actually, uh, at times, we've uh, had interview sessions where we had interview teams with our kids to uh, have them share about their uh, experiences growing up from their youth. We, we learned the, the history of the community and uh, what they went through growing up in uh, the society through the 40s, 50s, uh, and on, and uh, how things have changed. And it was quite an eye-opener for a lot of our young people. It was quite an eye-opener for ours. I can remember conversations with a gentleman named Adams Marshall, who has since uh, just passed away about a year and a half ago, kind of uh, his high school time in early uh, 1950s in uh, a little uh, town of St. Anne about how the black and white uh, issues uh, were at that time. And uh, so that those dialogues, those relationships that were built uh, through our uh, 20 plus years of mission out there uh, paid dividends and how uh, our perspectives uh, have changed, how it's changed priorities, uh, not for myself, uh, but for our young people. And uh, I know uh, they're all uh, carrying uh, those things uh, through in their lives now as they continue. Uh, I just had a conversation uh, yesterday in church with one of the original gangsters, one of the first kids in the youth group, who's now, uh, I just turned 70, but uh, he's 56 years old. But I remember he started <laughs> when he was a 15-year-old kid. So, uh, man, I know how he's, and his three daughters have all gone through youth group in the meantime. So, how old are we? Easy peace. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, it's amazing. And uh, and I know Pat, uh, that's this gentleman's name, and how he's uh, raised his kids and how uh, they've hung in with the church and, uh, and how they've served. And that's kind of a, a neat thing, how the Lord has uh, taken that, that 15-year-old kid that I first met and uh, how he's uh, come through life and raised his kids and his family. So uh, pretty amazing stuff. 
So maybe looking across these decades of work with these young people and, and building out Hearts and Hope and these trips to Pembroke, how would you see, say that you see the Viatorian spirituality and ideal of identifying people who society tries to say are unimportant and trying to go close to them and walk with them so that they're not pushed to the edges? What do you think that means to the young people you work with? What does it mean to you as you try to lead these trips? That's exactly the situation. It's one of the poorest regions uh, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, uh, going back uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, there was actually a New York Times article that uh, Pembroke Township, at the time, there was actually one poorer township that happened to be in New Jersey. I can't figure out why that, but Pembroke Township was the second poorest township in the whole country. And that continues uh, today. Uh, there, there's improvement. There's pockets of growth and renewal. Uh, but there's some very, very tough situations. Uh, people still without uh, even uh, basic necessities. of. Uh, I know of one situation currently where somebody is getting electricity from their neighbor uh, with a, a extension cord running across uh, just to throw some a little extra heat in there. You know, our, our kids uh, see that. You know, sometimes it's, it's even a little too uh, graphic in a way. They want to do uh, more and want to help more, and uh, there's things that restrict uh, us sometimes. But it lays uh, on their heart. I just know uh, the Lord's going to get the right people, the right situation. Going back to the networking, there's other groups out there that we've worked with and uh, uh, work together, things that we can't help with. I know who to call and, uh, uh, hey, you know, uh, can you uh, help on this situation? So we've got uh, other youth groups for, from the diocese and other people and groups. So uh, there's a network out there that's kind of overlooking things. And uh, sometimes the kids see some pretty raw things or pretty tough situations. Uh, it, it's it's a good uh, thing how the, the Lord uh, is processing them. Uh, processing their hearts, but I think they're also seeing that uh, they're, they're understanding the body of Christ. You know, the Lord is teaching them uh, about others uh, that, ha that are in these situations that are there to help, and uh, so they're seeing that it's not an overwhelming thing, uh, even though it's a tough thing, and, uh, and the important thing is that they have that heart that uh, wants to help. Well, I think we wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things that we've done out in Pembroke without the Viatorian support. So that's been key to our ministry in whatever we've done, whether it's been in Pembroke, whether when we've gone to Mexico to build houses, whether it's been to help in our own parish. The Viatorian support has been key every step of the way. Our kids that have been to the Viatorian Youth Congress have learned about the two hands of service. So that's helped them process and VYC has been a great teaching mode for our kids. So it, the Vitorians have just uplifted everything we've been able to do. If a young person were listening to the work of Hearts of Hope and what you guys have done in Pembroke, is there anything that you hope a young person would think about or would consider in a new way or that you hope they would respond with action and do as a result of thinking and praying about um, people on the margins? I would just hope they'd give it a try to make the time to say yes, because time is their biggest constraint. But if they make the time to do that, it's going to change their life. Yeah, there's decision needs to be made as we present it or we tell them about it. 
I guess my prayer for them would be that, and uh, I know we would be directly, hey, can you give a hand? When we offer that invitation, just hope that they uh, take that second to uh, maybe process it a little bit deeper from uh, what they're hearing and get it down into their heart and uh, let let a decision come from there. And uh, if it gets to that point, I I know the Lord's going to be uh, working on that heart thing uh, quite a bit. And uh, uh, But if they can say yes, you know, the Lord will, the Lord really takes it from there in a, in a big, uh, powerful way. We've, we've seen that over and over the years. The Holy Spirit at work is the amazing thing that uh, we've witnessed as, as we do this and continue to do this, and I want to keep continuing to do it because we, we see the, the power and the presence of the Lord. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We thank Ken and Michelle and the many young people who've been a part of Hearts of Hope for their work and their witness. We pray that our efforts toward charity and justice can help correct inequalities in our society. To learn more about the Viatorians or invite vocational accompaniment, email us at vocations at viatorians.com or DM us on social media at ViatorianUSA. On behalf of Brother John and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Curbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. Mm-hmm.